Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having a fantastic morning today, and hope you guys are staying strong and healthy as always. We're staying busy down here in Florida at Health Masters, as we always are, and I want to thank you guys again for the continual support, the positive emails. I've gotten a lot of emails in the last couple days that got caught up on them after I was out of town for a few days, and uh, I appreciate you guys. There's a lot of emails a few of you all sent me that were just uplifting, and I needed that right now. So I really appreciate the continual support of Health Masters and of me and Ted as we continually bring you guys the truth every single day on this show, the best of our ability, and we bring you the highest quality supplements we can possibly produce. If you guys need anything, you know where to call us, 1-800-726-1834. We're here to help you guys out the best we possibly can. And on that as well, be sure to check out the product of the week. Y'all voted. It won. The B-Complex formula on sale right now is product of the week, over 10% off. One of our top sellers, one of my personal favorites, on the front page, product of the week, B-Complex, 10% off right now. So be sure to check that out. And also, to check out the organic food buckets. Those are going to be going off sale the end of the month for the two-pack. I told you guys we had to move some inventory out of the way. We had a bunch of stuff coming in that's been on order for a long time. And uh, it came in now, so I've had to move stuff around. But I want to make sure everybody has the opportunity to get those if they wanted to grab them and stay stocked up on them as things are continually getting rather strange. I saw an article earlier about the discussion of diesel fuel shortages and let me explain to you guys the entire aspect of what we're seeing right now with the alleged diesel fuel shortages and the theater that's going along with that. It's designed to do one thing, bring out a front excuse in order to slow down the pretty much the velocity of money and also to make people think that everything is happening because of, again, Ukraine and the issues we're having with fuel and Saudi and all these other excuses, when in reality, it's designed to do exactly what they're wanting it to do, to decrease the ability to use this fuel, which, by the way, diesel fuel, in most cases, when they produce it, it's a byproduct of gasoline. Now, they have different additives and stuff they add to it, but diesel fuel is not nearly as refined as gasoline is. That's what makes me so irritated when I hear them bring up this unbelievably moronic rhetoric about, oh, we're running out of diesel fuel. Oh, they, we don't have any diesel fuel. There's no reason at all that diesel fuel should be over $2 a gallon more than regular fuel right now. If y'all remember just brief history back from the 80s and 90s when I grew up, Diesel, in most cases, I remember going through Georgia and diesel was 79 cents a gallon. Gasoline would be a dollar, dollar ten, dollar twenty because it was more expensive to refine it. But what they've done now is the EPA's come in, they've intentionally handcuffed and zip tied, so to speak, a lot of these refineries and reduced the production of them purposely to slow everything down and make everything become more difficult to obtain and make it more expensive. Because remember, Everything runs on diesel. So understand this is completely controlled and manipulated by the banker boys that are running the show. Again, it's very real and it's happening and we're seeing the prices go through the roof. But understand it's not Ukraine war with Russia that's causing diesel to go up. It's direct manipulation in the markets as these banker boys have done for hundreds of years, actually thousands of years. You can go all the way back to the temple when Jesus whipped the money changers and kicked them out 
and it was interesting. I brought this up, and I'm going to reiterate it again. When we were up in D.C. at the Bible Museum, there was a whole section in this gallery with all the different silver coins and all the weights and the scales and all the things they did back then as far as with money and currency. And our guy that was going through it, he said it was one of the most corrupt places in the entire world was pretty much to do business with the banker boys back then because they had what Jesus referred to as unjust scales. They went in and they manipulated weights and stones and said, oh, well, this is X amount of stone. This is X amount of silver. You're short on your silver. You need another you know, 10 grams more. When in reality, it was right on point, or if it was not over what they were paying. This is how you manipulate money. It's been going on for thousands of years. It's nothing new right now. They've just figured out how to do it even more efficiently through the digital aspect. So again, if you know what's happening, it's best to be prepared. Stay strong, stay stay awake, and stay alert. But don't be fearful. Don't get nervous about it. Things are going to happen. They're going to continue to happen. Just hedge your bet and know exactly what you need to do. But I want to get that out there because I saw a lot of fear porn about this diesel aspect. This is constantly what they're going to continue to do to distract you from what they actually did for the last two and a half years. And that was roll out probably one of the most effective toxic bioweapons we've ever seen in recorded history with the mRNA injection that they're still trying to force people to get the shot. But I just wanted to clarify that right now, Dad. What's going on with the diesel fuel? Anything you want to add on that? Uh, yeah, well, we need to just kind of backtrack a second here and realize that it's State Street, BlackRock, and Vanguard that are running yep. the whole show. And what these what these manufacturers are going to do, whether there is, whether it's Chevron or Shell, it doesn't make any difference. They're all owned by the same conglomerate bloodline families. What they're going to do is going to run the diesel price of diesel through the roof again. And then what we'll see again is, you know, Chevron and Shell have massive quarterly profits, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars earned by these master because of diesel fuel. And they always do this. They, they get these contrived shortages that they can run the price up. In addition to that, think about it for a second. If the diesel fuel basically goes down, you know, these giant locomotives that run all over the country, these ones that pull these giant freight haulers, these that have, you know, they got a, you know, 500 cars sometimes. It takes forever for them to go by you when you're stuck at a, you know, railroad crossing. Those things run on diesel fuel. And all of the trucks that bring you food and bring you produce from all over the country, they run on diesel fuel. The manufacturers that produce goods and services, they put them on these giant trucks. That all runs on diesel fuel, too. The giant ships that run across the ocean, they all run on diesel fuel. And so they've got the ability at this point, if they jack the price up, there's what's called an inelastic demand curve for diesel fuel for these manufacturers and for these giant vessels and these giant trains and these trucks that run. They've got to have diesel fuel. So it doesn't matter if it's $3 a gallon or $4 a gallon or $5 a gallon or $6 a gallon or $10 a gallon. They've got to buy it, and they have no choice. And what they'll do at that point, they'll charge you a surplus or a surcharge for delivery. We've seen this already with our manufacturers. They did it years ago, and now they're doing it again. They're starting to charge surcharges for the extra diesel fuel. Then that, in turn, gets passed on to the consumer. And what it does, it takes the money from the consumer and the final byproduct of this. This is why I was so aggravated with that. With Trump, almost said a bad thing about it. I was going to let it go right now. When he did all those sanctions against China. Because all it did was run prices up on everything because it wasn't the way to do things. It was to get our manufacturing sector back up again, back up and booting and running it again and giving our companies in the United States that aren't Kabbalist-controlled, Luciferian-controlled companies the ability to compete by giving them subsidies or basically you know, giving them tax credits or tax breaks. That's what should have been done rather than sanctions against China. 
because all that did then was make the Chinese jack the prices up, which did the exact same thing I just talked about, jacked up the prices for everything else. And so this is the quandary that we find ourselves in. It's, you know, it's like a really complex pawn in the game book that William Guy Carr talked about that you guys all need to read. There's a free PDF for it. We posted it on the website multiple times. Then you guys can look it up yourself. Pawns in the game, William Guy Carr, and realize how they are. This unjust scale thing, and Austin was right, it was one of the most interesting things we saw at the Bible Museum. And by the way, if you ever go to the Bible Museum, this is really important. Do not walk through it and say, oh, that's interesting. Don't do that. Get yourself a guide. Just yes. pay the 20 or 30 <laughs> bucks, okay? Because Austin, Austin wasn't with us. I went up there a few years ago with Sharon. And we walked through it. We said, well, that's not much of this thing. No, there's a lot to that thing. It's really, really amazing if you have somebody walk you through it and explain to you in detail what it is. Take, take two or three days with a guide and just go through it slowly and learn about ancient history because this thing really lays it all out. Now, the guys didn't know a whole lot about you know, modern history, about Abraham Lincoln. They, they didn't realize that the Emancipation Proclamation only freed the slaves in the south, not in the north. They didn't realize a lot of that stuff. They didn't realize that Lincoln's you know, wife was a witch, that she was a Kabbalist, that she had seances in the White House. But I made sure they understood that before I left. <laughs> you guys would expect me to tell them that, and I did. And then I told him, I said, if you don't believe me, just, just do your own research. I said, figure it out. I said, if you're going to tell the story here at this Bible Museum about who Lincoln was, who you think he was, why don't you find out both sides of the story and tell both sides of the story and let people make up their own mind? In fact, you know, just a few months ago, I went to the, uh, the, the Confederate War Museum, or, the, or the, I guess it was the Civil War Museum. It wasn't Confederate War Museum. It was a Civil War Museum in Atlanta. And I walked through the basically the, the exhibits there, and it was, again, excellent. They actually had wagons there from the Civil War. But the problem was, again, it was a one-sided historical account of the victors who are telling the story. And we always see it that way, don't we? They always twist the narrative. And when Jesus was doing this in the New Testament, remember, one of the only times he actually got violent. I mean, he got violent. He picked up a whip, and he started whipping these money changers. He knew they were Kabbalist, Luciferian, low-life weirdos that were basically stealing money from people. And the, and the worst thing about this was you know, just a few weeks later after he did all that, you know, they made sure because they basically, I'm sure, bribed the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these – Elders with you know extra payments you know within their Swiss accounts or would use the vernacular today or in their in their or a bag full of gold back then I guess it would be to do what they did to Christ because they what they didn't want him there because he was a rabble rouser they thought and he was causing problems with their currency transactions which were fraudulent because remember what they were doing in the Old Testament you were required to go to the temple once a year if you were a Jew and you were required to go in and buy you know a dove or some type of other offering that you had to have but it was required by law that you had to do this. So if they cheated you, if the dub was going to cost you $5 using today's terms, and they decided they were going to cheat you and charge you 15 or $20 for that dove, you didn't have a choice because nobody else was selling doves, and there was price collusion going on about all these, these people that were all a bunch of thieves, and they all charged $15 for the dove. And so if you had to give the sacrifice as an offering, you had no option. You had to pay the extra money. It just made Jesus insanely mad because that wasn't the intent of the Old Testament requirement as far as sacrifice to put the money changes into the middle of it and cause them to basically rip everybody off to try to you know worship God and have an offering to God. That wasn't the point. That's why when Jesus came, he offered himself as a blood offering, you know, which we explained that in depth about it creates scalar energy from the blood of Christ that changes us and basically redeems us. And we've talked about that in depth on the show. That's why he when he did that for himself as an omnipresent being and he did that for us. It totally changed everything to reconcile us back to God Almighty, and that's what Christianity is. But most people don't understand that. That's why Christianity has no power and no authority as far as the world is concerned because they've emasculated Christianity with the Masonic lodges. 
they've emasculated Christianity with a name it, claim it, grab it stuff, and they've emasculated Christianity by telling you it doesn't make any difference. You know what Christians do. You just do what the world does, and, because, and, the, and the Bible says it this way. Light has come into the world, but the world has preferred the darkness. You know, I just had a, I've got a problem with my roof right now, and I've got a friend of mine repairing the roof, and the person who basically put the roof in was supposed to put aluminum panels down in the valleys on my roof. And, you know, I, my contract called for that 20 years ago when I replaced the roof. But I found out yesterday he didn't use aluminum panels. He used steel panels, and they're rusting. Okay, so now I've got an issue with my roof that was never supposed to be that way. And then I, when I contacted the guy about these valleys, you know, a couple of years ago because I've been having problems with them, his response to me was valleys aren't covered under the warranty. So it doesn't matter to him whether he cheated me or did what he did and used the wrong material. I, 20 years later, have to figure out now how to fix this mess. And by the grace of God, I got a good friend doing this, and it's, and it's taking – maybe we're taking care of it. But the point is this is the kind of people that you've got – these are the type of people you've got to avoid. And I talked to another one of my friends this morning. I said, well, you know, I spoke to Giovanni, and I was talking to him about you know, what was happening here at the house with the roof panels and all that. I said, I learned this. When you're involved with certain subcontractors and they're doing things and they take shortcuts or do things wrong, it's really important that you don't promote these people. It's really important that you don't tell other people about them to use them, and it's really important that you never use them again. And if you have the ability at that point on social media to say something about them, go ahead and do that because they're doing the same thing to everybody else too. It's because a lot of people don't believe in ethics or in love or in reciprocity. It's, you know, they just do everything they possibly can to get as much as they possibly can without reciprocating. And we talk about this on the show so many times. That's why I prayed for you guys again this morning. I, I pray for you guys all the time. And the reason for that is I want to be reciprocal for you folks. I want you to realize that I'm your brother in Christ. You know, I'm your surrogate dad for some of you. I'm your surrogate preacher for some of you. I'm, I, 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 I sat last night, and I actually teared up. I, I don't really do that very often because I'm a pretty macho guy. When someone wrote me a, a letter, and I mean I, I, try, I would try to read it on the show today, but I can't because I, would, I don't want to get – you lose it on the show. But it, it means the world to me when you guys send me these really nice letters. And also talked about it earlier too because it really encourages me to continue to do what I do because you know it's – what the Lord has called me to do, and that's to give the good news of Jesus, who he is, the power of the blood, the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Lord God Almighty, the Father, the power that – remember this, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the power that did that resides in you to overcome the evil one. Remember, always remember that. And so we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, including controlling ourselves, including being nice to people. Now, Every once in a while, you're not going to be as nice as you need to be, or does something trigger you, or you say something ugly to somebody? Yeah, that's probably going to happen too. And when it happens, don't make excuses. Don't do that. If you get a chance to apologize to the person later, go ahead and do it. If a stranger just you may not ever see them again, but always go to God and say, hey, Lord, forgive me for doing this. I didn't mean to do that. If something triggered me. I shouldn't have said that. I got ugly. And as a Christian, we can't do that. I talked to another one of my friends yesterday. She was at a gas station, and some guy pulled up beside her and said he'd cut her off. And this was a, this was a single lady; she's by herself. And the guy starts screaming at her, and, and finally he starts talking to her about Jesus. And she goes, "Are you really going to do the Christian thing with me right now? Because this is ridiculous. You come up here acting like this." See, always remember, and I'm not perfect, guys. I make mistakes too. We're representing Christ when we're out in public. When we say things and we do things we shouldn't ought to do, it's a problem. It really is. But we're under grace. So just do the best you can. If you miss it, be quick to confess and say, Lord, I'm so sorry I did that. Please forgive me. And just walk away from it and realize that's why Jesus came and he died for you, that you'd have eternal life regardless of what you do in the flesh. 
you're forgiven as long as you're repentant for what you've done and you don't continue to walk in that type of behavioral pattern all the days of your life. That's why the Bible is very clear about certain behavioral patterns. If you embrace them, if you endorse them, if you want to be like that, uh, you ain't going to make it to heaven because God can't deal with that because it's just not okay. Now, I'm not talking about occasional mistakes. We all do that. Everybody does that. But I'm talking about continually, willfully walking in disobedience and basically not having faith in God or in Christ and continually doing the same types of things over and over and over again because you want to. Now, I'm going to me qualify this because you want to do that. Now, if you don't want to do it and you're doing it, then you go back to what Paul talked about, how why am I doing these things? Who's going to deliver me from this? And it's going to be through Christ Jesus. But as long as you don't embrace it and want to do it and you have repentance for having done it, you know, God's going to be there to forgive you. But you don't embrace those certain types of lifestyles that are unbelievably abhorrent to God. It's really important. By the way, there's a good article here this morning. because It says, Americans trust the government more than the church to make meaningful change. Americans are twice as likely to say the government is responsible for creating meaningful change in the nation than they are to say the same about the church, according to a new Barna study. The poll released this week found that 52% of the U.S. adults believe the national government is responsible for creating meaningful change, while only 26% answered that way about religious organizations and 25% about Christian churches. Respondents could list multiple answers. The state government, 51%, and local government, 46%, had similar support as the national government. When asked which institutions can help create meaningful change in a divided nation, Americans overwhelmingly believe the government, this is the socialism stuff that we've talked about so many times, at the national, state, and local levels, is responsible for curing the ills of the United States. A Barnum analysis said half the Americans see the federal government as responsible for making things better. That's twice the number that hold religious organizations or Christian churches responsible for making real change possible. Now, I'm going to stop here and come off of this article for a second and say, look, this isn't right. You know, it was the black robe clergy in the pulpit in the 1770s that had the revolutionary war get precipitated. It was the preachers in the pulpit that were doing what they needed to do. And I have a good friend of mine who's a pastor, and he said to me the other day, he said, well, we in the clergy consider ourselves to be above the government and all the things that they do. We just talk about the things of God. And I, and I understand that's a noble way of looking at it. I love this guy. He's a good friend. But I disagree with him on that. And I told him, I said, I disagree with you. I said the clergy has to be out there coming to the front with issues like transgenderism. The clergy has to be there at the school board meeting dressed up in their clerical gowns. I'm talking about if they're a Lutheran pastor or a Catholic priest or if they're a Baptist or whoever they are, whatever clerical gowns they wear or clergy gowns they put on when they preach, including coat and tie, they need to show up as a preacher wearing a big cross around their neck if they don't have any other way to distinguish themselves and say, I'm a man of God, and I want you to know this is not okay, and I'm going to tell my church this is not okay, and we're going to fight against this, and we're going to protest against teaching little children how to be drag queens. This is not okay, and we will not stand for this. And if the church did that and they got involved in it, then suddenly it wouldn't be anymore that the government has a bigger chance to change us than the, than the two children, than the, than the church does. Because remember, this is all about socialism and the Frankfurt School. I had Mancal say to me the other day, well, people don't really know what the Frankfurt School is. And I'm like, well, if they turn into my show, this show, also to my show every once in a while, and they don't hear us talk about it, you're right, they don't. But if they hear us talk about it on a regular basis, then we can teach them what happened with cultural Marxism and how it came into the United States, which is what this is. The taking of the state and making the state God. That's what they want. So, the, so, the, so it's the all-powerful state. So if the state wants to come in and lie to you and lie to you and lie to you and lie to you, you feel completely and totally helpless. If the state wants to come in through child protective services, 
because your child fell off a swing and they've got a bruise on their leg. And now they want to seize your child, which happens all the time in the state of Florida, and put them into foster care. And some of these kids just disappear out of foster care. And it's all part of the child trafficking network in some cases, but not all cases. Then suddenly you're not supposed to be saying that you get your child back. This is completely and totally out of control with the child protective services in almost every single state in the United States. Because the state has come in now to try to, quote, protect the children from bad parents. But they don't look at the fact that the vast majority of the kids that are basically being, quote, unquote, taken away are from, in many cases, good parents. Now, sometimes there's some bad parents out there and the kids don't need to be in that household, especially with drug abuse is going on or physical abuse is going on and all kinds of horrible things are happening. You know, that's a problem. OK, and those kids shouldn't be allowed to be in that household for what they're going to see. But, guys, sending a child to foster care. I have seen a whole bunch of horrible stories from that rather than good stories from that. Because at that point in time, that child, in many cases, even if there's not a bad kid, gets involved with a lot of other bad kids in foster care and starts to create very, very serious problems for that child later on. And, and, you know, and what we also need to look at, too, is also said this at the beginning. He's right. You know, we've got a lot of people out there now that are basically covering up what they did to us with this COVID weapon. He's right. It's, this is the biggest, how should I say, bioweapon. In fact, there's not even a second place. OK, what happened with the swine flu 100 years ago, you know, 40, 50 million people died. This is this that pales in a comparison to what they've done here by injecting four billion, five billion people on the planet that now these people are coming down. I've got multiple people talk to me yesterday. So they've got friends now. They're coming down with all these different types of cancers and all these other health problems. They're sick all the time and they don't know what to do or they've got long covid or, you know, and they're, 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 they've been in bed now for months. This is this is happening all over. We're just not hearing about it because the media doesn't talk about it. But the reality is the bioweapon that was released via this COVID shot. Remember the COVID, the, this bioweapon they released via this, you know, this this nasal spray or whatever they put out on people and this stuff they shoved into the, you know, in the air and we inhaled it. We came out with COVID, which I've had multiple times now, was not that big of a thing if you weren't morbidly obese or if you didn't have some type of secondary disease. It wasn't. Most people recovered from it if they took the right supplements, et cetera, et cetera. If they weren't taking the right supplements and didn't have any vitamin D3 or they were overweight, they ended up going to the hospital on remdesivir and they died. And it's the remdesivir that killed most of these people, not the doggone COVID itself. And we now know that, you know, COVID, the remdesivir was developed at Fort Detrick is one of the quote unquote problems associated or cures associated with Ebola. But they couldn't use it because up to 60 percent of the people who took this drug would die within five days from the drug, not from Ebola. So it's a bioweapon that's been released into the population as far as I'm concerned, my opinion. And secondly, these people that are not taking their supplements are dying from these deficiency diseases, you know, because not having enough D3 or, or zinc or potassium iodide, or because they weren't given ivermectin or, or, you know, or some other drug that would basically get rid of the parasitic infections of this quote-unquote weapon that they release. But if you notice, God's human immune system, he designed, he's, God's so amazing when he built us. He built us to handle these bio things, these attacks. That's, and they know that. That's why they couldn't get the death rate they wanted to. So they had to find a way to get you, the individual, and the people in this planet to allow themselves to be injected with a bioweapon. That's what they had to do. They had to find a way to come in and allow you to take this injection by loss of your job or because of coercion or because of fear or because of just straight up lies to inject this into you to bypass your immune system, put it into your bloodstream to allow it to replicate, produce spike proteins and to allow this lipid nanoparticle to be injected into your body to be released at a different date, according to some people, by a certain frequency or energy fields. So all of this was done. The whole thing was done, and it was done 20 years ago. This, this stuff's been frozen in laboratories and frozen all over the place. They don't come up with 5 billion shots in you know, a couple of months. You can't do that. It's been frozen and stored. That's why I said this has to be stored at you know, 200 degrees below zero because it's been kept at 200 degrees below zero for probably decades. 
in my opinion. And so finally they released it on the population, and many people, by the grace of God, got placebos, and a lot of people just died. A lot of them got, got blood clots, and a lot of them realize now at this point, you know, we have to understand that, you know, they made a horrible, horrible mistake. Uh, there was a video that just came out. We we basically presented last night. I, I had a, a, a Katina, a girl that I, that I know, a friend of mine, listener to the show. She sent it to me yesterday. It said the DOD vax whistleblowers, bombshell, cancer, miscarriage, and heart disease up by 300%. And according to the data found by the military doctors, it was nearly 300% increase in cancer diagnosis from the 38,700 per year average to 114,000 in 2021. 300% increase in cancer rates because of what they've ejected in us. And so now we're sitting back, all of us who basically didn't get ejected, and we're like, man, thank God I didn't take that shot. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I didn't do this. But you think for a second, but wait a minute. My friends did. My family did. So should we be happy that we didn't take this shot, or should we be sad that they took the shot? I think it's a combination of both. I feel sorry for these people. I really do. They didn't deserve this. They didn't know they were willfully taking a bioinjection of a bio of a bioweapon. Remember the last year, I was walking in Tampa, in Ybor City, going to a restaurant there with Sharon, and I basically – the guy comes running out to the street to solicit me to go get an injection of this bioweapon from an experimental kill shot. And I looked at him, and I said, why are you promoting this stuff? And I put him on videotape. Sharon posted it on her Instagram account, which, by the way, I'm going to reactivate pretty quick. And he said to me, he goes, oh, no, no. Yeah, I said, this, this, is, this, this is all this – this, uh, this thing is not approved. It's not it's, – it's, it's emergency use authorization. He goes, oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. I would never be here talking about this and pushing it like this. It was emergency use authorization only with no testing. I said, you better do some research. Well, we went and had lunch, came back an hour later. This guy was gone. Nobody's out there soliciting on the street anymore. Now, whether he went in and pitched a fit and started asking questions and got fired or whatever, who in the world knows? But guys, this is a mess that we've allowed this government that's completely out of control to come in and do what they've done. This is really, really important that we understand this and that we stand against it. We have to. We have to come against all of this stuff and continue to talk out against it. But I'm gonna, I posted this article, and it says DOD vax whistleblowers, bombshell, cancer, miscarriages, and heart disease up by 300%. Now, one other thing I want to talk about, too, Nancy Pelosi – they so the, the, these these because I guess they don't want to have police around anymore. Uh, Nancy Pelosi's husband Paul was violently assaulted during an early morning break in their six million dollar San Francisco home. The attacker is supposedly in custody right now. He's in Pelosi's father, husband, who by the way, this is all mafioso family. He's supposed to make a full recovery. And it, it basically, it says this uh, man broke into their home in the early hours of Friday morning as an assailant broke in and attacked him. The speaker's office said the intruder is in custody and Pelosi's in a hospital expected to make a full recovery. The assault occurred in their $6 million property in the exclusive San Francisco neighborhood of Pacific Heights. The suspect has not been named and the motivation of the assault are under investigation, their office said. But the home of the millionaire couple has been frequent target of protest. Now, one of their other residences was also attacked a few years ago, and they painted stuff on the garage. And it said when people got their $2,000 COVID check, and they said, $2,000, we don't he says, cancel our rent. We want everything. That's what they said. That's what is written on their garage door in paint. And I thought to myself, these two are so corrupt. Now, I'm not happy this guy got attacked. I'm not saying that. And I and I and I and I hope and pray they catch the guy, they prosecute the guy, they've got him in custody supposedly. And I don't like it when things like this happen to anybody. But you know, we got to realize something, guys. The law of reciprocity is always going around. It really is. You sow bad stuff, you get bad stuff back. You sow good stuff, you get good stuff back. The Pelosi's are a career crime family, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, directly linked to the mafioso groups out there in California. 
And so we need to understand that bad things happen a lot of times to bad people because they do bad things. Now, I'm not saying that he should have been attacked, and I'm not saying the house should have been broken into. I'm just saying if you're the Pelosi's and you have that kind of money and that kind of contacts, why do you not have armed security out in front of your house 24 hours a day? I am asking that question, okay? Because quite frankly, I mean, we need to think through that. I mean, but oh, that's right. I forgot. I got the answer for that one, don't I? They can't have armed security out in front of their house because they're anti-gun and they're anti-police. And they're anti-everything. And when they have armed security out in front of their house, there'll be people taking pictures in front of their house saying the Pelosi's don't want anybody to have guns because they have armed security personnel in front of their house. And it goes back to them and blows back to them from a, how should I say, political standpoint. Well, then my next response to you two folks that like to basically say all this rhetoric and lie about not having security. And why don't you have security in your house? Why don't you just put them in your house and just have people you know, 24 hours a day sitting in the house if you think you're going to be broken into and beaten up since you're probably worth hundreds of millions of dollars, if not more. And, and suddenly you can basically protect yourself a whole lot easier if you have somebody basically as a security personnel sitting out in your lobby, in your home or whatever all night. But guys, all of these people that are involved in this stuff, these people are a bunch of weirdos. They're a bunch of wackos. They're a bunch of, they're a bunch of just there. Uh, yesterday I, w- I was talking to a couple of our listeners and two of them said independently they don't know each other two of them said well the reason that that woman said something to you and austin on the plane when you're flying to st louis on tuesday is because she probably recognized you both and i thought about that and i thought well we really aren't in a vacuum we do have millions of listeners and also i've done a lot of tv over the years i and i've, had, I've been recognized in thailand and everywhere else at airports and i started thinking to myself she's probably right these ladies are probably like to right who told me this and uh, you know one of them was rebecca and the other one was Teresa, and they said they probably recognized you they probably knew who you were. That's why she triggered you, tried to trigger you because she wanted to get a response from you. I mean, why else would she ask you and doesn't even know who you are? Where's your AK? Think about that for a second. So I think I think the, the, I think these, these listeners are correct. I think this lady probably recognized me in Austin or recognized our voices or knew who we were by some other means. I don't know. Or it could have been a demon in her, couldn't it? Because <laughs> demons sure do influence a lot of people nowadays because they don't want us out there telling the truth about who they are. Another person sent me a link this morning, and it was a picture of Katy Perry, and now she's got something going on with her right eye. It keeps closing, and she couldn't keep it open. See, they use the optic nerve a lot of times. If you watch that movie, and I'm not recommending it all because personally, I've never even got through it, Clockwork Orange. They show how they force the eyes open, and they put these optical stimuli into the eyes, and they all start having eye problems. Like They have one eye that won't open all the way. One eye's got an issue with it, or they show up with a black eye. You see that over and over and over with all these celebrities who run around with black, black eyes. A lot of times that's part of the mental conditioning of these guys and what they do to them when they get them strapped into a dentist chair. Oh, that's right. Jeffrey Epstein had a dentist chair, didn't he, in his, in his, in his, in his shower. I mean, what kind of sick piece of garbage would have a dentist chair in his shower? I mean, these people are so full of perversion and sickness and, and disease that it, it boggles my mind. A dentist chair in your shower, in your home? What the heck are you doing in a dentist chair? And I don't want to know. Ugh, gosh, remember this, guys. I love you. God loves you. Jesus loves you. The Holy Spirit wants to fill in you and direct and guide you. And always remember that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For he is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. And in him, all things are possible. Always remember that. Stay bold for Jesus. I had another one of our listeners tell me yesterday, I I love the boldness that you have when you talk about Jesus. And see, guys, you're an alpha male. Now, men, listen to me. I'm talking to you right now. Now, men, I want you to listen to me. This is important. You got your attention now? 
You are the spiritual head of your household. You take that authority. You assume that role. And when you're out in public and you're talking to people, you as an alpha male, you talk about Jesus because they don't expect you to do that. They never expect you as an alpha male to talk about Jesus. The world doesn't do that because he's weak. He's a Christian. No, you're not weak. You're full of the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And remember that. I mentioned that twice now today. It's important that we understand that. Be bold in your convictions and let people know that I'm a Christian. No, I don't do that. Now, does that mean, you're like I said earlier, you can make a mistake every once in a while? Yeah, you will. But the reality is keep proclaiming Jesus. You want to really just absolutely hack these people off, this Kabbalist Luciferian sect? You keep talking about Jesus. Because the power, the power that resides in the name and the power of what he did on the cross, they're scared to death of it. They're scared. That's why the Bible said had they known what they were doing, they never would have crucified the son of glory. Remember that. So you proclaim his name all of the time and say, I'm a Christian. It's like I told you guys before and I continue to do it. People say, I don't want to pray in a restaurant too loud. I don't want anybody to hear me. <laughs> Whatever. I pray in a restaurant loud so everybody can hear me. Now, I'm not screaming and yelling. I'm not doing that. But I'm praying. I'm not praying under my breath. I'm praying. So people say, that guy must be a Christian. Well, just, I don't know why, why is he a Christian. He's really in good shape. Gosh, he, looks like he works out. He's, he, you know, he's got, he's standing there and he's got power and authority and he's praying in this restaurant. I mean, this, this guy, this Christian, this Christian guy is different than any Christian guy I've ever met. That's right. I want you to be different too. I want you to stand in the glory and in the power of God Almighty. Every single time you go out in public and you proclaim his name, because if we do that and we do it in aggregate, whether the preachers in the pulpit want to do it or not, we can do it and we can teach other people to do it and we can take this country back and we can change this world and we can sure in the heck delay what the heck they're doing to us right now. Uh, I'm on a preaching mode this morning. Also, what do you think, buddy, and what's your next door? <laughs> uh, you're spot on with that. Lead by example. It's funny you brought that up as far as praying out in public. Lana and I, oh, um, we always pray before our meals. We always have taught the kids to do that. It's just showing, you know, penance and reverence to God Almighty for blessing us, you know, to have a, another meal. And it was funny. It was, this is probably a year ago or so. Lana and I went out on a date, went out to a real nice restaurant, and, you know, we got our food before. Well, actually, I think we got bread in, and they brought some soup out. And we always hold hands, bow our heads, and say grace, you know, say, ask God to bless the food. And we did, and we continued to eat and, and, you know, go on with our evening at the table. And this older couple walked up to us while we were about halfway through our meal. And the the guy walked up, and he goes, I just want to say – I'm proud of you guys for actually being open and vocal and praying for your meal and standing here and being strong in your conviction and faith. And I'm like, I'm kind of taken back. I'm literally in the middle of a meal and I'm like, Oh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate it. You know, I mean, what do you say to that? And uh, then they, they just left and Lana and I got done with the meal and we were talking a little bit more. And she goes, that's the thing, Austin. She goes, people watch you. She goes, your demeanor, the way you act, she goes, when you walk into a room, people see you. Obviously, I mean, you're not a small guy, but just your demeanor, people notice you. You don't walk in all hunched over, all scared. You know, you walk into a room. And I said, yeah, I know. She goes, that's why you have to be so careful what you say out in public. Then I said, oh, I know. I said, I've been in numerous places before. I remember, I think I was, it was at, I forgot what store it was in. It was some store and I'm walking around. We're looking at like DVDs. This was a couple of years ago. 
And uh, we're looking like DVDs. I'm like ranting and raving about some film, you know, the cover of it because it just looked like a perverted film. You know, my typical self, just giving my opinion to Lana about it. There's really nobody around. And I'm just going off on it. And Lana and I'm like, okay, we'll go on, you know, keep walking. All of a sudden, this lady walks around the corner. She goes, are you? Are you Austin Brower? I looked at her and was like, you know, I'm kind of taken back. I'm literally walking through an aisle. And I mean, you just called me by my first and last name. I looked at her and said, well, yes, ma'am, I am. She goes, I listen to the show. I really appreciate you and everything you do. She goes, I noticed your voice from the other aisle over. And, you know, I was really nice to her. We talked for a brief minute, and uh, she was really, really nice lady. And uh, then she left. And Lana told me, she goes, see, Austin, that's why you got to be careful what you say. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and that's why, I mean, I had a whole belt box of ammunition when I was on that plane, when that lady started about the whole AK-47 thing with us. And it was just, I mean, it was on the tip of my tongue, ready to blast off mentally. And I just got... Okay, okay also, wait, wait, also, wait, wait a second. Also. You didn't have ammunition on the plane. Well, no, okay. I, I said... <laughs> No, no. It sounded like you said I had a whole belt box of ammunition. Okay, let's clear. I'm sorry. I don't want to say anything, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say back to the playoff. Sorry about that. Mentally, mentally, I had a whole lot of stuff that I was ready to say. Let me clarify that since we're talking about guns. You're right. I should have said that. <laughs> I had all kinds of stuff that I was ready to say, and I had this check. It just I had this feeling. It was like, you know what? Where is this going to go? Really nowhere positive. I mean, what? positive outlook what positive out what, what's going to happen with this nothing nothing good is going to come out of this regardless of what argument i have with her i'm not going to change her mind she obviously is baiting me so going back to my whole point with this be careful what you say out in public and how you act and i say that from example it's very very important right now not only from a christian standpoint but also too with people out there that are waiting to find a reason to try to red flag gun law you, so to speak, just throwing that out there. Same thing like Dad said earlier with Child Protective Services, CPS. It's very, very important you don't start giving people more information than they need. I talked to my brother the other night. We had a detailed discussion on a lot of the cases that he's representing up there you know, in Tallahassee area. And he told me, he said, majority of the cases that basically these people get prosecuted completely and everything goes through and, you know, they get jail time. He said, it's because they run their mouth. He goes, almost every single case that I've seen that I've been involved in where people just shut up, lawyer up, don't say anything. He goes, it almost always gets dismissed. He said, almost every single time. He said, you would not believe some of the evidence that I've had to look at already with body cam footage, with law enforcement talking to people, and they just start telling their entire life story and just going off with all this information that they didn't—they don't need to bring up. And he was so clear with me, and I've always told you guys this. Be very, very cautious when you're giving information out, whether it's to law enforcement, whether it's to CPS, whether it's on an airplane. Don't give up more information than you need to. That's really, really important because right now they are doing everything they can to try to find a reason to go after certain people. Now, does that mean that you 
can't be vocal and you shouldn't bring up and you shouldn't talk about certain aspects and topics that you're passionate about? Absolutely not. But use wisdom and read the room. That's really, really crucial right now because there's so many people now that I have seen that have gotten in trouble, that have had issues happening because they're going after us. They're going after the Patriots. I mean, you guys understand that. I saw earlier now that um, Elon Musk has acquired Twitter. They pushed through the deal now. He's apparently reinstating a bunch of accounts. We will see if this actually is a true move for him to come in now and make Twitter an open platform. I don't know if it is or not. I don't know if he's doing this just to, you know, kind of be another theater puppet. Cause I know he's in the billionaire boys club, but this is going to be big. If he actually opens his platform up and doesn't censor everybody. I mean, I've got high hopes, but We'll we'll have to wait and see with what happens with it because this has become so out of control right now with the censorship that every single person has to be vocal about certain things as much as you can to an extent. So there's a balance. That's why I brought that up. Certain places, best to not say anything. Other places, be vocal and stand by your convictions. Also, too, rolling back to what Dad said with the incident with the home invasion with Paul Pelosi. Um, Obviously, that's completely and totally not okay. Home invasions are not okay at all. In the state of Florida, people get shot for trying to break into people's homes. But this, in my opinion, and I could be reaching on this, there's a reason why this has made national news coverage on almost every single platform. In my opinion, they want to use this again as theater. They want to use this again as a distraction to make people now feel sorry for him. Remember, he just pled guilty of the whole drunk driving incident. A bunch of this stuff got dropped. San Francisco was turning a complete and total failed city. And so was this an organic home invasion? I don't know. Was it something that was staged? I don't know. But one thing that I do know Good is point. this is interesting that you have one house – that gets a home invasion in San Francisco in one of the most crime-ridden cities in the entire country, and it has made national news on every single platform. I just want to throw that out there. Now, I get it. They're big, Pelosi, name, got it. But do you know how many home invasions and how much stuff is going on in San Francisco right now? I mean, there's videos of people defecating on the street and using needles and drugs and throwing them on the ground. It's, it's a bad city. So just be aware of that when you see a lot of the stuff come up and understand that majority of what they want you to see and what they want you to hear in most cases is theater, as we've talked about. And dad brought up a very, very valid issue that's happening. And this is something I just want to briefly discuss again. Be very, very cautious if incidences occur or if somebody tries to call CPS on you with your children. This is obviously becoming a serious problem in Florida. I read an article on it today about multiple lawsuits against the state of Florida with this and CPS. I have heard numerous cases that have occurred in the state of Florida with this. In my opinion and the research that I have read, child protective services and foster care is a direct link, pretty much a conduit into child trafficking. Again, that's just what I've read. Can't prove it all the time, but I have read a lot of stuff on that. Be very, very cautious, again, about what you say if somebody's asking you or interviewing you about a certain topic involving kids. Because remember, if somebody comes in and they're with CPS and they're interviewing you or they're asking you questions, they're not there to be your friend. They may be acting like your friend. They're not there to have a friendly discussion with you. They're there to build evidence. 
these people's job is to take children out of homes. That is their primary job. That is what they do for a living. Now, are there certain places that kids are just shouldn't be there? Yes, there are certainly horrific people in this world that should not have had kids, and they do not need to have kids. Is it also used for massive abuse to take children out of homes? In my opinion, yes, it is. This is becoming very prevalent in Florida and a lot of other states, so just be cautious. If you have kids, I've told Lana this, we've had this discussion out in public. I never, well, I've always been big on this as well as far as, you know, private issues, state and privacy. But if you're having a discussion with your kid or they get in trouble or you're reprimanding them or you're disciplining them, just throwing it out there like that, be very cautious what you do, what you say, and how you act in public with your children. Because there are certain people that are out there, they literally just walk around looking for situations like this to try to call people on because they're busybody Karens and they have nothing else to do. Just understand that right now. So I want to throw that out there as well. What do you think, Dad? Do you want to add anything onto that? Uh, yes, I had a friend of mine years ago. He basically uh, got turned into CPS by a gruntled ex-employee, and the individual basically had the Child Protective Services show up at his house completely unannounced. And, of course, they demanded to see the children, and the children were all fine. And then he wanted my friend to basically sign, like, you know, literally 200 pages of documents, you know, proceeding with this investigation, with this full disclosure of everything, including IRS tax returns for the past five years. I mean, this is crazy. My friend was very, very wealthy, and uh, he didn't have to worry about supporting the children. And so finally, uh, they told him, I said, well, there's two ways that you can do this. You can do it the easy way or the hard way. You can cooperate with us, and we'll make it real easy on you. Or we're gonna, you can do it the hard way and you know, resist the investigation. Okay? And my friend looked at him and said, how about I call my attorney? So my friend picked up the telephone, had his attorney on speed dial, which, by the way, I know this is this is difficult for a lot of people, but you need to have a retainer with an attorney that you just leave that person on your speed dial and you have the ability to contact them if you can. It's really important that you have that availability to you. And if not, you have to do exactly what Austin said a few minutes ago. Keep your mouth shut. Don't talk. And so my friend's attorney answered the phone like on the first ring. And he told him, this guy's here with CPS. And he goes, what the heck for you? I don't know. Some turn, somebody turned me in for something I didn't do and probably an ex-employee that I've got a restraining order on. And uh, so they ended up – the attorney gave the, – the friend, my friend gave the, the phone to the attorney – to the, to the CPS guy. And uh, he said, if you check to have kids, if they find you, he says, get out of the house now. He's under legal counsel. That's it. And the guy from CPS literally grabbed his stuff, according to my friend, threw it in his briefcase, and literally got out of the house literally within 25 seconds, period. And, of course, that entire case was later dropped because it went to the attorneys, and the attorneys basically stopped it all. And it, I mean, it took like a year, but finally CPS basically dropped the case because they didn't want to be involved in it because it's easier to fry fish if they're willing to hop into the skittle. <laughs> That's a terrible metaphor, but think about it. If the fish are alive and they're trying to swim away, you know, it's easier to fry a dead fish that's going to sit there. I, you know, an old pastor friend of mine say one time, even a dead fish could float downstream. It's just you, you, you got to stand there and say, no, I'm not going to cooperate. The kids are healthy. You see them. You, you, I've got an attorney coming or I have an attorney on a retainer. You can talk to my attorney. Get out. That's it. Now, you can talk to your attorney and figure out what they want you to say. I'm not giving you legal advice, so I'm asking you to go ahead and get that guy on retainer right now. But if you've got children, it's really important. And if, if you're in public with them, you know, just be, be nice to the kids and just if they're being well, if they're being kids and they're being wild, you can talk to them when they get far, talk to them when you get home. But be very careful in reprimanding the kids, you know, when you're out in public with them because people are out there just ready to blow a whistle on you. I'm telling you that, especially if they see you pray in public or if they know you're a Christian and all the other things. 
See, this is a battle we've got going on now, okay? This isn't some game anymore. These guys are playing for blood. They don't like the fact that you have children, you're raising them in a godly way, and they, you're raising them to love Jesus. These people don't love Jesus. They hate Jesus. They hate everything there is from the Most High God. They hate everything. They're trying to invert everything. And so this battle spills over into your life and into their lives when they become and get around you. It's like this lady on the plane. Pretty much can guarantee you now that she knew who we were. That's why she was trying to get a rise out of us, and it wasn't going to happen. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm, and I've done it before. I've had people say stuff to me in public, and I'm, and I'm ugly, you know, because they were, they're just, just saying condescending, stupid stuff, and I, I'm, I, I get mad about it. But I try not to do that. And when I do that, like I said earlier, I'm quick to repent, apologize to that person if I can, if they're not gone, and I'm quick to ask God to forgive me. Very, very important, especially when you're high profile like Austin and I are. Remember years ago with that thing with January the 6th, where the Holy Spirit basically led me not to go to Jan to, 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 to DC. I mean, what an incredible mess that would have been for both of us. And I had one of our other talk show hosts tell me, if you go on this trip, they're going to have you arrested. They're going to find you with facial recognition, and they're going to arrest both you and Austin, and you won't be coming home. And I, or they're going to kill you. That's what he said. And I'm not going to use his name because those are pretty bold statements. But the reality is I called Austin up, and I said, I prayed about this. I'm done. I'm out of this. And then we had all the trolls, which we have those contact me still with my email, the Ask Dr. Ted B at Yahoo.com, which is interesting. And, and we basically had all the trolls start coming out and just slamming us for not going to January the 6th because they wanted us up there. Be very, very careful, guys, on who you talk to and what you say. You never know if the individual that you're being introduced to is the plant. You never know. Look at all this stuff that's happened, you know, with Roger Stone. Now, you know, you know I, I know Roger Stone. I mean, he's one of those people I could take him or leave him. I, I don't particularly care for because of his value system. But the, but the reality is he can't keep his mouth shut. He's always getting on interviews, always saying stuff, always doing stuff, always. It's just it's crazy. And, you know, and you, you, you stop and you look at him, you go, well, heck, Roger, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've done, you've done to yourself. Just, just newsflash here. The same thing with that individual. I'm not going to mention it. Well, you know, everybody knows who is. Steve Bannon, who refused to go to Congress to testify. I thought it was ridiculous what he did, but, you know, as far as him putting him in jail now. I think it was awful what they did. But you know, all he had to do was go up there and say, I plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth. And oh, by the way, if you didn't listen the first time, I plead the fifth, and I'm going to plead the fifth the rest of the time. Here we go. So I'm going to play a recorder here. Fifth, 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 fifth. And just be a douche about it. Oops, should have said that. I'm sorry. Should have said that. Just be, just be a putz if you're going to be a putz with those guys. But don't give them any information. Just, 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 but be, but be there and do what they say you're going to do because these guys, when they get you into that legal system, same thing with CPS, they can turn you every which way but loose whenever they want to do it. Just thought I'd mention that too. By the way, Pfizer cashes in on a pandemic. The pharma giant plans to sell its vaccine with a ten thousand percent markup, despite revenues tripling and the CEO pocketing fifty million dollars in bonuses during the COVID prices. Wow. Pfizer plans to price its COVID vaccine at $130 each when it hits the public market next year. Here's the thing. How many stinking Pfizer vaccines are we going to have to get? I mean, are they going to try to force on us? This is just, I guess it's just never going to end, is it? I think they've got like 60 in the pipeline. This is a market of over 10,000% compared to the estimate of $1.18 it cost for the firm to develop the shot, the first shot. Well, the firm did not receive U.S. taxpayer profit funds. Its partner, Biotech, of course, here we go, public money from Germany. The firm's yearly revenue is more than doubled from 2019 to projection over $100 billion a year. Wow. Pfizer has been accused of daylight robbery after it emerged that the company plans to sell its COVID shot with an estimated 10,000% markup in the U.S. next year, despite enjoying extraordinary profits and surges of profits during the pandemic. You know, once the government uses up the doses it already has, Pfizer will hike the prices to as much as $130 for a single dose of the vaccine, which is estimated by some experts to cost $1.18 to make. 
Health insurance are expected to cover the cost of the shots. Of course, they are, but our insurance premiums will go up for those who have coverage. But Wall Street analysis warned that it will cause upward pressure on insurance premiums. Just like I said, the U.S. government has been paying around $20 per dose, which is still 20 times the cost up to this point, and then distributing the shots for free to the public. Analysis speculate that the move was made so Pfizer could meet its target of $32 billion in projected vaccine revenue this year. $32 billion in projection. This, this isn't Moderna. This isn't Johnson & Johnson. This is just Pfizer. Critics say the decision shows the firm's greed. Peter May Baruch, director of access to medicines of public citizen, told Daily Mail that the firm was already in a good financial position and they could take some loss. Pfizer was one of the major winners of the pandemic. Pandemic, <laughs> While lives and businesses crumbled because of lockdowns because Donald Trump carpet-bombed, the entire country by shutting everybody down, the lockdowns and the disruptions of life during the COVID, the New York City firm became a household name. Pfizer's vaccines were mandated by employers and businesses in dozens of countries, forcing sales of the shot upon certain populations. Pfizer rejects $102 billion in total revenue this year. You know, and I'm going to stop for a second. I'm not going to read any more of this. I'll post this on the website. It's, a, it's an article out of Daily Mail. Uh, but here's the thing. You know, if we are being forced to take a shot against our will what does that say about the government in at hand in the united states and the government that oh that's right the world economic forum klaus schwab by 2030 low nothing and you'll be happy because the population of the planet will be under 500 million and we'll have our 2500 slaves each yeah that kind of stuff that klaus schwab right you got to ask yourself a question we ask you all the time on the show who runs you who controls you who's making these decisions for you it ain't Joe Biden, guys. He can't even find his way off the stinking stage. It's not our government because they've been bought and paid for a long, long time ago or blackmailed by Jeffrey Epstein and Mossad and just Lane Knoxwell. Yeah, they're my friends. I love those two. Those are the guys, right? So we've got all of this stuff happening at once with all these moving parts. But it's like Austin said at the beginning of the show. They're playing, they're playing the pee in the cup game. They're moving it around so fast you can't see what they're doing. But in the re- meantime, behind the back, they're loading up their magazines. You know, they're loading up their magazines and they're getting ready to fire all these you know, kill shots into you, you know, with these new vaccines that are coming while they're telling you all the other stuff. They have a decent fuel. We have a decent fuel shortage right now. We have a diesel fuel. We'll be out of diesel fuel by November 28th. No, we're not. No, we're not. Unless these bankers want us to be short of diesel fuel and they have the backup line so we can't get food anymore. Or let's say or they don't want to have heating while being delivered to people's homes in the middle of the winter. All of this stuff is contrived. All of it is being done to put up fear porn. Oh, my God, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. I'm reading about earthquakes. I'm reading about tidal waves. I'm reading about alien invasions. I'm reading about spacecraft that are out there in the universe right now doing all kinds of bad things to me. I don't know what to do. I'm so scared. No, don't. No, we are not born of a spirit of fear. So don't don't read that junk. We are born of a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. That's who controls us. We're controlled through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't allow yourself to get immersed in the fear porn and allow yourself to go sideways like that. It is no good because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. For this is the day the Lord hath made, and we will rejoice in it. And it doesn't make one bit of difference what they do to us because we're going to stand firm with knowing that God plus one. This is the great I am. This is who I'm talking about. The Alpha and the Omega, that God plus one. Is always the majority, and we can do all things through Christ who died for us and was resurrected by God Almighty, and he sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. For, since he, for once he shall show, become the judge, the quick and the dead. I love you guys. I really do. You guys are amazing. I know I got real preachy on this show today, and there's a reason for that because I felt I needed to do that for you guys. I love, 
I appreciate you. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Austin, finish it up. Oh, by the way, I love praying for you guys, and I want to thank you again for supporting this podcast by your purchases at Health Masters. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Absolutely. When stuff starts getting kind of weird, and, I mean, we all see it happen, always remember 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. So do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me. Always remember that, my friends, because as things continue to happen, just like Dad said, they're going to continue to deluge us with different topics, with different articles, with fear porn. Fear is the fastest, easiest, most effective way to control people. Always has been, always will be. That is what they continually do. So always remember that. If you need anything, healthmasters.com. Stay strong, stay healthy, be complex. Be sure to check it out on the front page of the website. If you haven't tried it out yet, I always encourage it. It really helps out. Natural energy boost gets you going in the morning. I mean, that's my, it's a staple for me. I take two of them with breakfast every single morning. Be sure to check it out if you haven't tried it yet. On sale for 10% off right now and vote as well what you want to see win next week we got a bunch of heavy hitters on there the digestive enzyme the tribulus the purple sticks vote for what you want to see win next week and put on sale continue to stay strong continue to stay healthy and by all means continue to hold your faith and your convictions and what you truly believe my friends i really appreciate the continued support thank you again for the positive emails i need those sometimes i really do thank you for those Stay strong. You guys have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend. Spend some time with family. Stay active. Stay healthy. Get fresh air. You know, I mean, that's one thing that you can do that's pretty much free. Walk around. Get some exercise. Go for, you know, a jog or a walk. Continue to stay healthy and keep your mind right. Thank you for everything. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you again next week on this show at healthmasters.com on the Ted Noster Brower Show. You guys take care. Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.